I know that some in our audience know the finer points of hockey. The Chris Johnston Show. We are your friends. The biggest stories, bringing you inside the game. What did you hear? The Chris Johnston Show. Powered by Sports Interaction. Wanna bet? What is going on? Here's Chris with your host, Julian McKenzie. Part of the game. Wednesday began with William Nylander telling Leafs fans to chill. And by the end of the day, Leafs fans have no chill because Austin Matthews has signed a four-year contract extension with an AAV of 13 mil.25. CJ, you got to this first. You've been consi- consistent in saying that he was going to re-sign. Tell us everything we need to know. Let's just get started with this, man. We got to give the people what they want. Absolutely. Well, look, William Nylander is the true insider because maybe when he was telling everyone to chill, wouldn't surprise me if he knew what was up a little bit there. And, and you know, especially because with his situation in Austin, I think they've been, been talking a fair bit about uh, where they're at. And so this was probably not a surprise to him, but it was a, maybe a bit of a pleasant surprise for Leafs Nation. And I think, you know, some of the high-level takeaways for me off the, the, the hop, I mean, no surprise that this, this contract will make Austin Matthews the highest-paid player in hockey, uh, surpassing Nathan McKinnon. That was certainly something that I expected all along. I'd say getting a four-year term on the extension for the Leafs is is maybe one year longer than I thought it would go. Um, you know, of course, Brad True Living in the Leafs front office would have preferred eight years, seven years, six years. I think ultimately when it came down to the end, it sounds like they were pushing for five years. Uh, the, the Matthews camp was kind of in the three-year range and, and, you know, presto bravo, here we go. That's how you get to, to four years there. And, and um, you know, it's hard to see this for me as anything other than positive news for the Leafs. And, and I, I can understand why some out there are saying, you know, all of Austin Matthews peers typically in this situation do take an eight-year deal. That's true. But I think you have to remember that that there's nothing that says he won't be signing a fourth NHL contract in Toronto, uh, you know, somewhere in 2027 or 2028 when this deal is due to expire. There's no guarantee of that. And the one thing that these shorter terms do is it gives both sides a chance to reevaluate where they're at. And there are plenty of examples over time of players who sign an eight-year deal and, and before it's over, both sides probably would like out. But for one reason or another, it's not something they can, can do. I'm not predicting that that would have happened here, but you know, let's not look past the fact that, that basically what this guarantees is Austin Matthews is Maple Leafs property through the remainder of his 20s until age 31, five more seasons from where we sit here today. And you know he, he becomes the highest paid player in the sport but at $13.25 million as the average annual value of this deal, that's probably a little less than what some people out there had predicted or written or tweeted about in the last few months. Yeah, so age 31, it'll be at that point when uh, this contract ends. So if he does want out of being a Toronto Maple Leaf, not, not trying to bring any fear to anybody, they've already gone through enough of that with this previous contract. But at that point, you know, if you're trying to sign him as a free agent at the age 31, that's still an intriguing point. But to that being said, Austin Matthews puts it out there on Twitter. He's going to be here for another while. He wants to climb that mountain. Uh, seems committed to doing that, at least for the next few years. Sure. And, you know, I think for, for him, we've, we've seen this with other players. I mean, Elias Pettersson right now is, is is not wanting to commit too much to the Vancouver Canucks. I don't think it's anything to do with the city of Vancouver. But, you know, players have short careers, Julian. And I think that we have to keep in mind a lot of them want to be in a position, especially once they've, they've kind of won some of their awards. And, and, you know, in this case, you know, Austin Matthews, this deal will take him over a hundred million, well over a hundred million in career earnings. I mean, for him, it's, it's about chasing a Stanley cup. And, and 
you know, I think that, that they do manage to thread the needle here a little bit in that, yes, highest paid player in the sport. That's great. But keep in mind, the cap is supposed to start going up again as of 2024. And, and if it happens at the rate, um, you know, that, that it seems that it could, uh, you know, we're going to see other players, you know, Leon Dreisaitl probably next summer, Connor McDavid in a couple summers from now, uh, perhaps Connor Bedard. We'll see how great he is. But when he comes time to do his second NHL deal, I mean, I think you'll see other players leapfrog Matthews in the course of this deal. And I, and I don't think it's going to look too bad. Frankly, I think when you, you have someone who scored more goals than anyone else uh, since he entered the league seven years into his career, it's almost impossible to overpay that person. Although, you know, clearly I think part of the decision-making from the Matthews camp with this contract was trying to, to find that right value where, where, you know, he's what he's done and accomplished is respected, uh, where he's taking care of his family, but he's also trying to give the team, um, you know, ample space here to, to be competitive during this window. And, and let's face it, uh, we see many players, Sidney Crosby among them right now, still contributing to age 35, 36, 37, being great players. But, you know, really, this this takes Austin Matthews through his prime years. These are most likely going to be his best seasons uh, in the NHL, uh, all with the Maple Leafs. And, and, yes, he's been paid at the top of the sport, but he's consistently performed among the, the best of his peers in that time. And so, you know, I think it's actually a pretty nice compromise all around given to this player had all the leverage, right? Like what, what was the conversation? Even going back a couple of years, everyone was saying that, you know, Matthew signed the five-year second contract, you know, basically to walk himself out the door because he wanted to play in this city or that city or this. I mean, he's been consistent all along. He said he wants to be in Toronto and here he is signing, you know, four years out now uh, and committing those best years. You know, I, I think that he's been very straightforward about what he wants. And, and I'll, I'll save you the drama. We, I don't know what these next five years hold for the Maple Leafs, for Austin, for the league broadly. But if the Leafs are still in a position to, to win, where Austin Matthews feels they can win, it really wouldn't be that surprising to see him sign yet another deal. But, you know, in the meantime, uh, I think they remove a big question for this coming season. I think it's helpful, too. Look, we're getting this done. What day is today? August 23rd, Julian. We're getting this contract out of the way. I think that that's very good news for the Leafs um, that it's not going to hang into training camp and become a big talking point. Cause let's face it, when we get on the other side of labor day, that's when most of the hockey world wakes up again. Maybe a little too early to project, but considering the money attached to Austin Matthews and considering some of the holes on this team, notably on defense, is this deal, you know, cost effective enough that if Brad Trilliving or whoever's in charge of that contract in the next few years could be able to maneuver around and make some other moves without that breaking the bank. I think it does. I mean, look at Connor McDavid's current deal when he signed it was over 16% of the cap. I think 16.8, something like that. This is, you know, in the 15s in terms of percentage of the cap when he signed it. And next summer is when the deal essentially kicks in. That's being July 1st, 2024. And we're going to anticipate that the 24-25 NHL season will be played at a significantly higher cap. And so, yes, some of that cap jump is going to be eaten up by this raise to Austin Matthews. Um, but I, I still think it, it puts the Leafs in pretty good position. And if you look at their cap sheet in general, I mean, they don't have many players signed long term. Now that there's still big decisions and, and ongoing conversations with William Nylander. Next summer, we'll have a question about what they're doing with Mitch Marner because he'll be eligible to sign an extension then. I mean, it doesn't end. With, with this point, but remember too, you have John Tavares with, with only a couple of years left on his deal. That's a significant amount of money on the cap that, that you know, will come off or, or presumably if he signs an extension, it'll be at a number well below the 11 million he's been paid. And so, you know, I, I think that there is room still left here for the Leafs to be competitive. And, you know, really what, what they're going to have to hope for is that Austin Matthews is, is 
healthy and productive as he can possibly be, because that probably holds the key to whether they'll get to the top of the mountain that Austin was tweeting about uh, in announcing this contract. We know uh, Brad Tree Living has had himself a busy summer with the uh, signings and uh, some players he did let go. Uh, with this uh, contract resigning for Austin Matthews, what beer do you think Brad Tree Living is drinking right now? <laughs> I don't know what his, his beer of choice is, but it wouldn't surprise me um, if everyone involved with this, you know, was was having a cold one. I mean, look, we're, we're recording this, what, maybe an hour and a half after the contract uh, was completed. Uh, still don't even have all the details in terms of, you know, how the yearly uh, payments will be broken down and all those types of things. Um, you know, obviously no movement clause in this deal. That's not a surprise. But, you know, I, I think that it was a bit of a grind to, to get to this point. And, and that's not to say it didn't, you know, it wasn't contentious. I, I certainly don't want to imply that. But, you know, from where they started, remember Brad Tree Living takes over the Leafs, you know, right at the start of June. Uh, there's conversations with Austin Matthews and, and his agent, Judd Moldaver, um, you know, through June, through the draft period into July. And, you know, it still takes until the end of August before it gets done. You know, there's a lot of concepts thrown around in those those sort of deals. I think some, you know, I'm sure moments uh, moments that, that, you know, maybe Brad Schliving wants to pull out his hair a little bit. I mean, it's it's not easy to get this done. It's obviously a big decision. And the ramifications for, for what it, you know, allows the Leafs to do beyond that were, were you know, at, at the, the, the front of these conversations most of the way. So, um, yeah, I would imagine everyone's taking a, a bit of a, a breath right now and, and looking at it. But, you know, they did stay at um, the, the conversations through the summer and, and, you know, found a way to get it done. As I say, I think it's it's nice for everybody that this won't be a talking point. Everybody being the Leafs and, and Matthews as we you know get into this new season, because ultimately, let's face it. I mean, the, the cup window for the Leafs is not nearly as wide as it once was. Um, you know, I'm hesitant at this point, not knowing how things are going to go with Neyland or whether to, to put a specific timeline on it. But, you know, this group knows it doesn't have forever to, to finally get the job done. They took a step in the playoffs last year by winning around uh, for the first time as a group. But, um, you know, I think Austin Matthews in the back of his mind through the entire summer wanted to ensure he got this done, you know, did did well by himself. But in doing so, gave the team a chance to to, to be free of distraction and a chance to come to training camp and be ready for the next season. Free of distractions and free of texts from Steve Dangle asking you when you're going to announce the Austin Matthews extension. Yeah, Steve, was it two days ago Steve threw that in the group chat? He did. He said, hey, isn't this crazy? Today is going to be the day you're going to announce that uh, Austin Matthews extension? Two days ago he did this. And I'll be honest with you, two days ago, I didn't have any notion that this was getting to the finish line. So, what were you doing when when the news broke? Because, like, literally, like, I'll explain my vantage point. I was just busying myself preparing for another interview I'm doing, and then we got a message in our group chat that Austin Matthews tweeted. Producer Nick flagged this for everybody. What were you doing around that time? Well, anyone watching on YouTube might wonder about my choice of clothes for this episode because uh, I'm wearing my running gear. And I'm, I was quite literally on my front step, like looking at my phone, like putting on my podcast to go on my run. And I got a text that, that gave me reason to think I should go back in the house. So um, I'm actually lucky. You know, had I been like, say, 2K in, which is just like two kilometers away from home, and then if all this drops, I mean, first of all, I might not be in the mix to be texting the right people at the right time, but also just um, would have been a pain in the butt to have to come home uh, in that. Uh, I was literally about to go for my run. So that's how the sausage is made. I, I didn't, you know, in all seriousness, I, you know, obviously I've 
stayed on top of the story, but you know, I didn't, didn't get a sense it was coming down until right when it was happening, basically. And I was standing outside initially in my running gear and I still got to go for my run because my, this is, this is about as late as I've ever run during my run streak. I mean, I, I typically like to get it done in the morning. I had some commitments this morning that kept me from doing it. Then I was being a bit lazy in the afternoon thinking, Oh, I'll get it done late afternoon. And here we are at 7 PM nearly. And I haven't done it, but, but I will get it done when we're done this episode. I promise. Anything else you'd like to add about uh, the Austin Matthews story before we move on to William Nylander? Ooh, I, I mean, there's got to be more here, right? I, mean, I, I think that, you know, so much talk that the one thing I'll say is I just find it funny. There's so much talk about him wanting to leave Toronto. I mean, I, I, I feel like we'd be like remiss if we didn't highlight the fact that, that so many people out there, some people with credibility, others just being haters, others just being producer Drew likes to stir the pot over, over these few months and, and years of, of always said that Austin wanted to leave. I mean, I think he, has been pretty open and honest about that. And what's interesting for me, Julian, and, and, you know, the dust will have to settle here a little bit more, but I think Austin Matthews has set himself up with a chance to, to go down as the greatest leaf ever by, by committing five more years to the organization, obviously four on this deal, plus the one he had remaining on his previous contract. I mean, he's 122 goals uh, away from passing Matt Sundin uh, for the most ever in Leafs history. I mean, if, if he's even remotely healthy for those five years, I think that that's certainly based on the, the pace he scored at will fall. He's got a chance to pass Sundin for the most points, although Mitch Marner's in the mix there. So we'll have to see what happens with Marner. But, you know, if, if the team, there's a lot of ifs here, but, I, you know, by giving himself that time, you know, uh, Arizona raised first overall draft pick could, could actually go down, I think, as the greatest Maple Leaf ever. And, and you know, ultimately, I think some of that's going to have to be tied to more playoff success for the team, fairly or not. That'll be part of the legacy here. But, um, you know, pretty – Pretty good story, I think, for the Leafs. I think for Matthews, and um, you know, now we see what they do. That this choice was always kind of the easiest of the decisions, I think. And maybe this will segue to where we're going next. You know, how they now navigate the Nylander situation and, and what they do with Mitch Marner, and obviously, there's just tons of other roster decisions that that go on on a year by year basis. I think will be will be pretty fascinating. I, I always expected the number to be in this range. For Matthews, as I said, it's off the top. One more year, maybe, than I than I would have guessed you got on the extension. Uh, but the work doesn't stop for Brad True Living. So if, if he is having a cold one, best not make it two or three because the, the work continues. It definitely does. Okay, now it's time for us to go to William Nylander. Earlier on Wednesday, uh, from uh, an excerpt of the 32 Thoughts podcast with Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick, uh, William Nylander had this to say. Of the contract stuff, that's just for Brad Tree Living and my agent to dig into. I mean, both sides, I think, know where each other are at. And right now, we'll just see what happens. I mean, I still have one more year left, so I don't really understand what the big rush is either to get a deal done. I mean, I got one more year left. We have a great team, and then we go from there. What did you make of that recent comment from uh, Toronto Maple Leafs winger William Nylander? Well, I mean, William Nylander, his blood pressure doesn't get up too often, right? Especially when he's in front of the microphone. Very, very relaxed individual. And, and I, I think it's sort of just a general, let's chill out here. Um, you know, I think he's very sincere, Julian. I'll say this based on what I know in his desire to stay in Toronto, much like Austin Matthews said at the end of, uh, you know, the second round when the Leafs were eliminated by Florida and he did his media, he said he was going to resign in Toronto. That's happened. I think that that's still Nylander's prime focus. You know, I think maybe a little bit is is 
sped on here by the fact that it really sounds like there's been very little to no dialogue of late uh, between Nylander and the Leafs. Some of that might just be practical. Obviously, uh, the Leafs front office has been working with the Matthews extension, which is now complete. And, and so maybe it will give them time to take another run at, at, at finding that out. But, you know, one of the, the concerns from Nylander's camp or, or thoughts heading into this is, you know, he scored 40 goals last year. He had, he had 80 plus points uh, last season. And I think that there's been this idea that, that he shouldn't be so far off what some of the other top players on, on the team have been paid based on the fact his production uh, certainly in last season wasn't that distant. And, and he's been a guy that that's put up points in the playoffs uh, for the Leafs pretty consistently if you look back over the years. And so I, I think that now that you have the Matthews number solidified, you know, it does give it's it's not an abstract anymore, right? It's not well. Maybe if Austin makes fourteen million or something else, I mean, you know that Austin's going to make thirteen point two five million. We will not know what Mitch Marner makes because he's got you know a year out uh, before he can even do an extension. But I, I do think it might give them some an avenue here to see if there's a chance to get to get Nylander done as well. And, and so, you know, I think that that'll be interesting. But but it certainly doesn't seem to me that anything's going on. And and you know, when he says what's the big deal, I think the big deal is sort of obvious. I mean, he's a potential UFA and, you know, he holds all the cards ultimately that the same way that, that I would have said Matthews did. I mean, you, you get into the last season on a team that's supposed to to win. I don't, I don't think you're trading those types of players, assuming that this, this coming season goes the way the Leafs, you know, would like, and that they're comfortably in a playoffs position. And then you're really at risk of the player walking away for nothing. And, and, you know, that, that isn't always the worst thing, but it's certainly not the way I think you want to manage your top assets. And so I think that's, that's the big deal, right? Uh, to, if, if William was sitting listening to our pod, I would say the reason this is a big deal is first of all, it's Toronto and, and you know, a lot gets made of all the big decisions, you know, facing the team and management. But but the second part here is that if he's not going to stay, if there isn't a number that doesn't work, I mean, they have a big decision and, and do you really want to leave that decision to the season? You know, I, I still think there's lots of time to, to, to maybe navigate that and work that out. And, and as I say, now that Matthews is done, all right. You're up next, will you? What, what's, what, what do you say here? But, um, you know, he's – either way, I, I can say this. I don't think his play will be affected by it. If he comes back to camp, for example, without a deal, if he faces – you know, he's right now – he's been in Stockholm where, where he met uh, Jeff and Elliot on their pod, but also a bunch of other reporters, European-based media primarily, and was asked about this again and again and again. You know, on September 20th, when the Leafs report for their medicals and, and do their media, if he doesn't have a new deal, I, I'm sure he'll take those questions and he'll be okay – finding his way through them. And, and I just, I think part of what has made him a really good Toronto Maple Leaf, quite honest, Julian, is all the stuff around him all the time just doesn't seem to bother him. Whether it was trade rumors much earlier in his career, you know, remember his, his initial contract scuffle with the team in which, you know, he, he went all the way to December 1st before signing his extension then. Um, you know, all it just seems like all the noise doesn't, you know, he can't hear you. He's got the nice noise-canceling headphones uh, when he when he puts that helmet on. So, um, you know, I think that he'll be well suited to handling it, but but there will be noise if if this isn't resolved. You know, as much maybe not by September twentieth, but but certainly as we get into the season, I think there has to be some idea where it's going. And you know, maybe the Leafs choose to let him play one final year and leave, but that just doesn't feel like something they'd like to do. And so I think they'll take another run at uh, signing Willie. 
there will be noise around William Nylander, but surely there will be noise around Bradtree Living too. Could you imagine a scenario where, once again, Bradtree Living has a high-scoring winger who is in, entering the final year of his contract, and he lets him go for nothing? You realize if he does that with William Nylander, that'll be twice in like three years that this happens. If I'm Bradtree Living, if I'm the Toronto Leafs, I cannot afford to let uh, a player of William Nylander's caliber enter the season without some something some kind of agreement or or some discussion heading into the right direction. That's just my opinion. And and while, yes, there will be heat on William Nylander and, and whether or not he is, you know, just digging his heels in on being a $10 million player, Brad Tree Living right now is entering this job with the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, with the experience that he has, but there are there's the reputation that follows him with regards to asset management. And I do not think he wants to put himself in that situation where he suffers the same fate like he did with Johnny Gaudreau, to be honest. Well, and don't forget, William Nylander, who's his agent? Louis Gross, who also happens to represent Johnny Goodrow. So, so it's the same. And, and it's not to say, look, at an agent alone doesn't make a decision. Obviously, the player and, and the player's family has a lot to say. Just as Brad True Living doesn't make the decision for the Leafs alone. He's dealing with Brendan Shanahan and the board, his bosses, and, and the other members of the front office. But the two prime actors in terms of negotiating a new deal are the same ones that were there. Uh, when Goodrow said a lot of nice things about Calgary. And and those talks went until, I believe, two days before free agency opened, before Johnny Goodrow finally gave the Flames official word that he was going to move on and, and went on and signed in Columbus. And so that has to be – there's a human factor in all these things. Um, and so maybe the, the, the trust level, you know, might be a little bit uneasy there, right? I just think it's fair to assume that um, given, you know, what's what's gone on in the past. And, and you know, I think that Nylander – I will say this. I really believe that he's sincere individually in, in wanting to stay a member of the Leafs. I think he's resolute about it, in fact. And let's face it, his production, he outperformed that contract. The first year when, when he and the Leafs went to December and he missed you know, a chunk of the season, that year didn't go very well. It turns out missing all of training camp in the first few months of the year is not a recipe for success. But if you take it from that point on, I think he's more than held up his end of the bargain on that deal. And he, he feels he should be paid fairly. And, and he's at the stage where he has the right to go to July 1st next year. If, if he doesn't like the deals that are being offered, or if he doesn't feel that, that that's being correctly shown in the Leafs offers. And so, you know, it's, it's an interesting spot, but you, you can't really fault a guy for believing in himself for you know, wanting to be paid fairly. And I think that that all of that makes this kind of interesting. You know, I think with Goodrow, this is the difference, right? With Goodrow, there was some question, did, you know, he's an American. Um, you know, there's always this, this this sort of rumors around him that he wanted to play on the East Coast closer to family. I think even after he signed in Columbus, he talked about, you know, well, he didn't end up right in the Philly, New Jersey area where he was from, that he's still closer to family. And, you know, he and his wife had just started a family. I mean, again, totally his right. I think what's different here is Nylander really, really wants to stay. Like, I don't, I don't think it's a question of, the city or the team or the fans or anything like that. The question is, can the Leafs pay him enough to make him feel wanted and to make him, you know, want to stay? And, and, and we don't have that answer yet. I think that that's what really the next few weeks will be about. Uh, and it end up, might end up being next few months, but you know, you can imagine that they would like this, this question answered as well before training camp, because, you know, we, we push all the contract stuff aside. All that really matters at this point for this team truly is, is having, the ultimate team success, you know, that's going to be built on the special individuals that they have. And so you need those players under contract, but I think that, that they have to do what they can to remove distractions. And so, you know, I do think there'll be a push here to, to see if they can get a Nylander extension done sooner rather than later.
is William Nylander more resolute about being a Toronto Maple Leaf or being a $10 million player? I think that's the question. We're going to have to find out. That's that's the big question. You know, it's tough, though. (laughs) Because I think that they can be two different things, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just, I mean, look, you and I have never been in a position like these players. We've never had the kind of leverage they have. Uh, we don't have special Not for 10 million. To, to the degree they have. Right. But I mean, really, I think the idea of wanting to be paid fairly when you, when you have a track record of a certain level of success is fair. And then I guess you just get down to what is fair and what isn't fair. And, and look at maybe William Elan is doing a longer extension than Austin Matthews. Um, you know, that wouldn't surprise me. And, you know, ultimately in that case, he's looking at a landscape where the cap could shoot up a lot of money in that time. And so I think when players are making those kind of calls, they have to imagine like, what am I giving up potentially? Right. Um, You know, what's being sacrificed here. I I look at the Brandon Hagel deal in Tampa this week, Julian, you get Mm -hmm. six and a half million on an eight year extension. I mean, the way I look at that, unless Brandon Hagel pops to a degree and keep in mind, he's 24. So it's still possible. I think there'd be growth in his game. He didn't leave a lot of money most likely on the table. Like I, it's not like he's likely to become a 50 goal scorer. And then you look back like, Oh wow. Why do you, why do you sign that team friendly deal? I mean, I, I think from his perspective, maybe there's, he gave up a little bit of potential upside, but you know, the, the, the payoff is obvious. He gets eight years of security, tax-free state, great team, great place to live. You know, that's, that's where you find the, the common ground when you're making these negotiations. And and so I think for Nylander, he probably looks back that as, as hard as that negotiation was, and as much as he hated missing two months of the season, um, you know, when he got his second NHL contract, he probably still signed, like he left some money on the table there, arguably. Um, you know, when you look at where his production was in those years, certainly by the end of that deal, that was a bargain for the Leafs. And I, and so, you know, he's, he's, this is going to be his biggest contract, I would think as an NHL player, probably the biggest one he'll sign. So it's an important decision. And, you know, I don't know that it has to be a certain number specifically, uh, but but clearly where the, the the talk started between the Leafs and Nylander, there was a big gap there. I don't think it's been narrowed. But now I think that there's a chance to, to, not to start fresh because, as Nylander said, you know, to the reporters in Stockholm, everyone knows where everyone was at when we when we had those discussions. Maybe now there's a new way to, to frame it. You're selling them on this idea. Now, you, now William Nylander knows, A, what Austin Matthews is going to make, and B, that he's locked in for the next five seasons. I mean, where – where, what do you want to do, William? And, and so um, we'll see. I, I, I can't really predict just because there hasn't been any real momentum in those talks of late. But, you know, we've still got almost a month till training camp opens. So there's there's a lot of time, I think, to, to get that business done. And I imagine the Leafs are going to give it the, the good old college try to get it done. I got to admit, uh, not to jump back on Matthews here, I was starting to think that Matthews was going to enter – uh the regular season without or at least training camp without uh, a new deal set it just seemed like this process was taking its sweet time we were entering the dog days of august and i figured okay they're just gonna let this go in and just kind of drag their feet on it so i gotta admit i was wrong on that but seeing that the matthews thing got done i have to think now that we're gonna see some kind of resolution when it comes to william nylander before puck drops in october that's my thinking well but where this gets, there might not be resolution because they might take this, they might take another run at things and they might still end up where they can't make a deal. And then, then it's a really interesting, I don't know if you want to call it a dilemma. It's an interesting decision for, for Brad living in the least front office. What do you, how do you handle that? You know, I, I don't think by any, I haven't heard any of where out there they're trying to trade him or anything like that. 
I, I don't know that you can make a trade like that right now and, and really get back value that makes it make sense. And, and so it's, it, there could be a bit of a game of chicken there um, if, if they're not able to get it done here. So, so, you know, buckle up still. I mean, this, this, there's always, there's one thing I've learned because there's a few times in the, in the Kyle Dubas era of the Leafs where they're like, all right, now all the contracts are done. You know, no, I mean, every team has players coming up constantly. Right. And, and, you know, the Leafs had a sort of unique circumstance where you had Matthews, Marner and Nylander all have to get their second deals, you know, in pretty quick succession. But then it wasn't that long later. And then Morgan Riley needed an extension. And obviously there's some, some lesser players than that. And, and a lot of guys walked out the door, right? Zach Hyman, you know, left as a free agent, Frederick Anderson uh, back in the day, you know, and, and there've been others as well. Uh, you know, Michael Bunting this off season, you know, the, the Leafs have, have actually turned over a lot of the team around those main players. I think they're going to do everything in their power to, to keep those players together and, and see if their bets were right, right? There's been so much commentary. You can't win with this many players making X. Well, the Leafs have been trying to prove that that kind of thinking false. And, and they, they try on now because uh, their top paid player is about to get paid even more starting uh, in 2024. Have you exhausted as much as you can between both Austin Matthews and William Needlander's contracts? I think so. Uh, it's been, uh, it's weird to take off your, your summer brain and all of a sudden be thrown back into work. But, uh, you know, I think, I think for now that that's, that's about where my thinking is on, on this. And, you know, I hope you've had a good summer, bud. I see you're doing a big MLB ballpark tour. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I was in San Francisco. I was in Washington the, the last uh, 10 days. Tried not to think about work. Tried not to think about hockey. Uh, I was in Oakland as well, so I got to go to Oakland Coliseum, Oracle Park in San Francisco, uh, Nationals Park in Washington. We can do a whole full episode if we're doing another summer one before the season begins or whatever, where we can trade summer summer vacation stories. We can do that. I'd like that. I've basically been at like every different spot in Ontario Cottage Country for August. <laughs> I mean, oh I'm lucky enough, to, lucky enough to have friends and family that have had me up to various cottages, so... It's been it's been pretty chill, and so yeah, maybe didn't maybe didn't bring all the heat on this uh, bonus pod here today, but I'm still shaking out some of the cobwebs and, and gearing up for the season. Better now that we dust off the cobwebs as opposed to September, whenever our third season of the Chris Johnson Show begins, and we're just rusty out the gate. I'd much rather this than like episodes two, three. It's like oh, you're still rusty. What is this podcast? Yeah, we'll be back soon. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. Uh, make sure you're subscribed, whether on YouTube, whether uh, you listen on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, because you never know at this point when another surprise episode, The Chris Johnston Show, will show up in your feed. Uh, that's going to do it for this uh, bonus edition of The Chris Johnston Show. CJ, we'll let you get on with your run, man. Enjoy what's, less, what's left of your summer, my man. I'm looking forward to it and uh, got to keep that streak going. So I'm pounding the pavement now. For CJ, I'm Julian. Peace. Chris Johnson Show. Powered by Sports Interaction. Want to bet? Inside the game, twice a week. Follow Chris on Twitter at Reporter Chris. And follow Julian McKenzie at JK McKenzie. The Chris Johnston Show.